Welcome to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. Marietta First is a community of disciples dedicated to living and serving faithfully our local community of Marietta, Georgia, and around the world. We are glad you're here. It is our prayer that this podcast offers you hope and grace on your own journey of faith. If you would, please remain standing as I read our scripture this morning. I'm going to be reading from the book of Acts, chapter 2, beginning with the 42nd verse. Hear these words. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. The word of God for the people of God. God. You may be seated. So you'll have there in the front of your order of worship, you will see that um, in August we have a new sermon series that has begun. It's Better Together, Building a Thriving Community. It is a series that is focusing on the importance of community and the transformative power of what it means to come together as the body of Christ. The series series emphasizes um, biblical principles and practical steps to help the church build a thriving community. And over the course of these four weeks, we're gonna cover uh, different topics. So today, we're covering the role of the church and what it means to thrive. And next week, we're gonna be talking about the importance of leadership and what leadership looks like in a thriving church. And then the next week, we're gonna talk about humility and how humility is a strength and not a weakness in a thriving church. And then the last one, for the last week of August, we're going to be talking about called to be the church, not just behind the walls of this church, but also to go out and to serve the world. And so we were made as a church to thrive. That's part of our DNA, and it's part of what God wants for us. And and I want to begin this morning with a story by Fred Craddock, and I know that I mention Fred Craddock a lot. But he's really good. And he has the ability to connect scripture with our everyday life that gets right to the heart of things. And it is a rare gift, and I want to share with you a story from his life. His mother took the family to church and Sunday school. His father did not go. He complained about Sunday dinner being late when she came home. Sometimes the preacher would call. And his father would say, I know what the church wants. Church doesn't care about me. Church wants another name and another pledge, another name and another pledge. Right? Isn't that what the church wants? Another name and another pledge. That's what he always said. Sometimes they'd have a revival 
And the pastor would bring the evangelist to the house and would say to the evangelist, there's one, now sick him, sick him. And Craddock's father would say the same thing. Every time his mother was in the kitchen, she's always nervous, in fear of flaring tempers and of somebody being hurt. And always his father said, church doesn't care about me. Church wants another name and another pledge. Said it a thousand times. But one time he didn't say it. His dad was in the veteran's hospital. And he was down to 73 pounds. And he had had his throat taken out. And he had a metal tube put in there, and the x-rays that they had done on him had burned him to pieces. Craddock had flown in to visit his dad, probably from Atlanta to Tennessee, which is where his dad was at. And when he saw his dad, his dad couldn't speak, and he couldn't eat. He looked around the room where his dad was at, and he saw plants and flowers and cards 20 inches deep. And even on that tray where sometimes they put food and sometimes you eat it, sometimes you don't, there was a flower. Fred Craddock took one of those cards and he began to read it. And he noticed that all the flowers and all the plants and all the blossoms and everything in that room, including all of the cards, came from a person or a group from the church. He watched his son Fred read a card, and he couldn't speak, so he took a Kleenex box and he wrote a verse from Shakespeare on it, and Fred Craddock says that if his father hadn't shared this line, he wouldn't be sharing this story. His dad wrote, in this harsh world, draw your breath in pain to tell my story. So Fred Craddock asked his father, he said, what is your story, daddy, what is your story? And his father responded, I was wrong. We all have stories to tell about the church. Many are wonderful stories about things like this, cards and flowers, and the way that people have reached out to us at that moment when we really needed them to. They expressed their care and their concern to us. But sometimes, sometimes we get it wrong. We get it wrong about the church. And Craddock's dad fought his entire life against the church. But at the end of his life, it was the church who showed up in that hospital room with cards and flowers, acknowledgments. And they showed him what love looked like. Church isn't perfect. It's very messy. It's got to pay its bills, though. <laughs> it's got to satisfy lots of different personalities and perspectives and impressions and opinions. Some simply just wash their hands of it and they throw in the towel. You might hear people say things like, well, I believe in God, but I'm not into organized religion. I don't want to have anything to do with the church. We all have family or friends that might say that. Or my church is in nature and I really like to walk trails. I walk up, you know, Kennesaw Mountain. That's my church. Or my church is at a ball game. That's my community. Those are my people. 
Or we might even hear, I don't go to church. I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. We may not always get it right, but it doesn't mean that we throw in the towel or walk away. The early Christian church was far from perfect. Just read the letters of Paul. It's pretty clear. Paul was planting churches, and then he was writing letters to these churches, correcting behavior, mediating conflict, and standing firm in the theology of Jesus Christ. It was his call. It was his life's work. And Dr. Luke knew Paul well. He shares this in his gospel, and he shares it in the Acts of the Apostles. But what I like about Luke is he didn't mince words. He didn't leave things out. He didn't put the unsavory things to the side. He didn't dress the church up in its Sunday best when it was a Tuesday. He didn't serve just filet mignon and garlic whipped potatoes and a sprig of rosemary. Sometimes he served up stale hamburgers and hot dogs and a bowl of beans. Lord knows what was in it. But he shared it anyway. Because despite its noticeable flaws, its band-aids, its imperfections, and if you look hard enough, you're going to find it. Sometimes you don't have to look too far. The church is still the place where God resides. That God has set apart to be holy. It is the training ground for making disciples. And it's where the redeemed are made whole, the lost are found. The church is about transforming lives. Here in this second chapter of Acts, the people have experienced the mighty wind and the power of the Holy Spirit, and something miraculous has come upon them. We see Peter preaching, and Peter, if you remember the story, how many times he denied Jesus, there he is preaching the gospel. It's miraculous. The Jesus movement in the book of Acts is in its infancy, and we learn from the disciples that what they are doing is even more than what Jesus was doing. And Jesus told them that. You're going to do even greater things than I did and I am doing. And the church does great things in the name of Christ. But it's not an anything kind of goes kind of thing. There are criteria. There's a gold standard. And I like to think of this chapter from Acts as the gold standard of what a Christian community looks like. It's what it means to thrive. It's really quite simple. Study the scriptures, come together in fellowship, learn and worship God, eat together, break bread together. Lots of things happen when we do that. Pray for one another. We're a praying church. Share things in common. And whenever somebody has need, you use your own resources to help them out. That's what it says. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. But there are several words that I want to make note of this morning or this afternoon as we pass noon. And that is, they're worth underlying, highlighting, and bookmarking. Devoted and having glad and generous hearts. Eugene Peterson puts it this way. All the believers lived in a wonderful harmony. Every meal, a celebration. Exuberant. Joyful as they praised God, and people liked what they saw. It's how we attract others to Christ is because they like what they see. They like what they see in us. Can't catch more flies with honey. You can catch more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. And you are what you attract. At least that's what the quote says. I don't know if it's true. Maybe it is. 
Maybe it's not. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his book, Life Together, said that the Christian cannot simply take for granted the privilege of living among other Christians. Jesus Christ lived in the midst of his enemies. In the end, all of his disciples abandoned him. Something more is required. The community of Christians is actually a gift of grace from the kingdom of God. It is not to be wasted. It is not to be scorned. It is not to be abused, mistreated. It's to be nurtured and valued and treasured like a pearl of great price. With love, we do this and a whole, whole lot of messy grace. Back in June, this is what Ryan was referring to in the prayer, um, before the prayer. It was about 12.45 on a a Sunday. Um, As you know, may know, my office is right there by the bathrooms. So I see everybody that comes out of the bathroom. (laughs) Can't miss you. And I was coming out, and these two two women were, were leaving the bathroom. And I said, hello. And I always ask people, you know, If you live around here, where are you from? And they started sharing their story a little bit. You know, I didn't recognize them, and they started, you know, talking about, you know, the service and how wonderful you all were to them and welcomed them into the community here. And as they got to sharing, because I said, are you local? What they were sharing made it seem as if maybe they were homeless or maybe they needed some sort of assistance. Now, I'm going to throw the stereotype out there and I'm going to say they didn't look like they needed assistance. They didn't look homeless. But then they said that what they're trying to do is they're trying to get their feet on the ground, just trying to find work, pay bills, that sort of thing. It's better together, they said. They do it together than separately because it's best to support one another because it makes them stronger. You know where they met? (laughs) They met on Thursday morning at our Good Samaritan ministry. They became friends. They became Christian friends. In this harsh world, draw your breath in pain to tell my story. We all have a story to tell. Some people know our story. Some people don't. And I want to share briefly a part of my story with the church, about the church, and it's this. Um, I visited a church in uh, San Diego. My husband, Ted, and I were living in San Diego. Our son, or Eddie, was little. Nathan hadn't been born. And I decided that I wanted to start going to church. And so there was a church down the street from us called Maranatha Chapel, and it was one of those big mega churches in San Diego. Of course, I didn't know that. I can only look back now and say that. So I go there, and it's a big auditorium, praise music, and, you know, the preacher walks across the stage with his Bible in hand. And I go and I sit, and I'm watching other people because I'm not quite sure how to do church, but I'm watching them, and I'm learning. So I go one Sunday, I go another Sunday. I must have gone six or eight times. And I noticed that people were bringing their Bibles and they had a bookstore. So I went to the bookstore, I got a Bible and I had my name engraved in it. 
I don't remember the music. I don't remember the pastor. I don't remember the sermon. You know what I remembered? Six to eight weeks I attended there, not one person said hello to me. Not one person welcomed me. I was in my late 20s. I was prime for the picking. What church doesn't want a 20-something? <laughs> then we moved to Colorado, went to Smoky Hill United Methodist Church. It was the opposite. Ted and I went in with our boys. Whew. They were on us so fast that we could barely even like catch our breath. They practically gave us a pledge card and a membership card. <laughs> don't remember the music, don't remember the pastor, don't remember anything other than their sheer desperation <laughs> to have someone, a young family, I'm sure. We didn't go back. We moved to Georgia. There's a church up the street. We did not have been talking about it a little bit. <laughs> hey, yeah, there's a woman's circle that's getting ready to start. Why don't you come and join us? Or you know what? Disciple Bible study. I, do you, you may not even know what that is, but we have a Bible study. We'd love for you to come and be a part of it. And gradually, ever so gently, through the power of an invitation, we finally made our way and joined Johns Creek United Methodist Church. Don't ever doubt the power of an invitation. Don't ever doubt the power of a potluck meal. Don't ever doubt a chicken casserole and the power that it has. Or cards and letting people know that you care about them. Or flowers from the church. Don't discount the power of devoted and glad and generous hearts. Because people know. People can tell. And when they're searching and you're that way to them, they're going to receive it. The church is made to thrive. And we are better together than apart. We are better together when we go through life together. We are made to thrive in our faith, in our church, in our families, in our marriages, every aspect of our life, God wants us to thrive, not to limp along, but so that our lives might exude generous and glad and devoted hearts in the name of Christ. Now hear me when I say this, we don't have to like each other, but we must love one another. I just read this morning in Twitter, well, it's not Twitter, now it's X, right? From Pope Francis. And he said this. He's on a tour, apparently. And he said, the only time that you should ever be looking down on someone is when you are helping them get up. Thank you for listening to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. For more information about Marietta First United Methodist Church, we invite you to connect with us online at mariettafumc.org or on Facebook at Marietta FUMC.